This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Looky who I hear on the other end of the phone. That is the great George Stoya joining us from Sooner Scoop. George, uh, RIP your phone, buddy. I, I hope that you get that one worked out here sometime soon. But good to hear from you, man. How have things been? Good, good. I just, you know, I just had to restart it real quick, and it got it got back up. So hopefully, it's it's nothing more than that. It's been an issue the past couple of days, so I probably need to go get it checked out. But you guys know how that is. The is Apple Store with that that. You know, oh my gosh, yes, you can put that up among list of things I'd rather do than is have to go listen to uh, anyone at the Apple store. How's the return been, man? Yeah. I, I can only imagine. I, I was thinking about you the other day when uh, I was reading one of your stories and I thought, man, things got to look a whole lot different just in terms of access for George now compared to when, uh, but right before you left the first time and to come back now, it's got to feel like a breath of fresh air to get as much access to a lot of these guys as you have now, even here during spring ball. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that's, that's crazy is like every week so far in, in spring practice, we've, we've gotten, you know, 45 minutes, Uh, to go out there and watch practice, which has been great. And, you know, that's something, you know, in the NFL that I was kind of used to there in Denver that, you know, every practice is open um, and you get to watch a ton. So to be able to go out there and watch, you know, when I was here three years ago uh, covering the team, that was not a thing. It was, you know, 15 minutes of of stretching that you got to go watch, but to actually watch some of practice uh, has been great. And, you know, it's a a different feel. I mean, there's a lot of obviously different faces out there, new coaching staff for the most part. Um, lots of different players that, you know, I really don't know. So getting to know those guys, and um, that's the other thing they've been really great about is, you know, you get pretty much anybody you want to talk to, uh, they allow to talk to. You know, Lincoln was someone that was, was pretty strict with, you know, uh, you know, no true freshman would speak. Um, you know, certain, you know, it's mostly your leaders and your seniors were the ones speaking to the media each week. Whereas here, man, you get to talk to anybody and everybody, even if they haven't played a snap. Um, you know, them, them even letting the, the early enrollees out there speak is, is something that's new for me. So you had a piece on uh, DJ Graham um, that I thoroughly enjoyed. And by the way, it made me feel incredibly old to know now that Travis Wilson is 39, for crying out loud. It just <laughs> just means that I'm getting older, George. But one of your key points to the entire story was about the receiver room in general heading into 2023. You labeled it as a question mark, and that's that's dead on. Um, losing guys like Marvin Mims to the NFL – I don't know uh, what ultimately happens with Graham and his change back to uh, offense on this, but they are in desperate need of someone to try to fill somewhat of a void there. But just how big of a question mark is the receiver room heading into 23? Well, I, I think it's their biggest question mark. Um, I think you look at some of the other offensive positions. I think they feel good about some of the pieces they have on the offensive line. Obviously, you got to fill those two tackle spots, but they, they feel confident in guys there. I think the running back room, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how serious Javante Barnes' injury is, but I think they've got some talent there. Obviously, quarterback's a position they feel good about. Um, but that receiver room, when you lose a guy like Marvin Mims, who was their leading receiver the last three years, was obviously a huge playmaker in that offense a year ago, uh, I think everybody says, well, Farouk can fill those shoes. Well, Farouk's been a nice player, but uh, that's, those are some huge shoes to fill. Can he be a 1,000-yard receiver type player? And I think that that's what they're looking at. And so – uh, I think it's a room that, you know, that you're looking at some young guys like Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson and um, Andrew Anthony, some of those transfers that uh, can maybe come in and, and be contributors. And so I, I think it's their biggest question mark. And that's why I think a guy like DJ Graham, um, yeah, he hasn't played the position since high school, but 
maybe he's a guy that can come in and be a contributor. And so um, it's a room that I think they like, but uh, there's just a lot of unproven talent in there right now. How did it get to the point? Like, what was the genesis where he decided, okay, this is what I really want to do is try to go back and play wide receiver? I think he always wanted to. Um, You know, from what he told me and then what he kind of said the other day after practice was, you know, he he was recruited mostly to be a wide receiver by most schools. And, you know, even at Oklahoma, he didn't really know for sure what he was going to be until he got to campus. And they said, hey, you know, we really need some help at at cornerback. They obviously had – a lot of talent at that time. Um, when you think about, you know, Jaden Hazelwood, Marvin Mims, uh, you know, they're bringing in Trayvon West, Brian Darby. They had a lot of guys there at, at the receiver position that uh, he saw a quicker path to getting on the field. And obviously he did. I mean, he played quite a bit as a true freshman, obviously was a starter his entire sophomore year. Um, and so I think this last year when it kind of flipped where all of a sudden they do have some cornerback depth, um, I, I think he looked at the opportunity to say, hey, maybe this is my chance to jump over and do what I want to actually do. And so um, that's what uh, he, he ended up deciding. And, and I think the coaching staff was all for it because I think they also knew uh, they do need some wide receiver help. And, and maybe he's a guy that – I mean, he, he is a great athlete. Um, and I think that they think that he can be a guy – maybe not – their top wide receiver, or maybe not even their number two, but as somebody that can come in and be a contributor. What have the returns been so far through guys like Emma Jones and, and the people that, uh, you know, kind of allowed and granted the opportunity for this to happen? Yeah, I mean, Emma Jones is high on him. He obviously had that, that quote the other, the other day talking about he's got suction cups for hands, um, and obviously we've seen that with the, the interception he had against Nebraska. Um, you know, Travis Wilson talked about you know, that's his best quality is he's able to just go up and get, um, you know, just about any ball. So I think that that's, that's something that they really like about him is he's a guy that um, has really good hands. You know, we'll see what kind of speed he has. Um, that's something we haven't really seen yet. Um, and so I, I think that that's, that's kind of what they like about him. And, and he's a guy that um, enjoys being at OU. I mean, you, you think about, you know, in, in the day and age of the transfer portal, a guy like that, you would think would be someone that would, would maybe consider doing that. He said he, he did it, and uh, I think that that's what they like about him. He loves OU, uh, and he wants to help in any way, and, and I think that they see that best fit at receiver. Yeah, it can be beneficial to both, right? Beneficial to him to have that uh, the comforts of home, so to speak. Um, you know, I think you bring up a great point. In today's day and age, sometimes we forget that, hey, you find a place and you feel comfortable there. You don't always have to run away from it. It's okay to embrace it in this very small stretch of your life if, if you like being there. And the team in general likes guys like that, right? Guys that are willing to go to work each and every single day and to be that one of those glue players that every single team needs no matter what. It's just a good locker room guy. Yeah, definitely. And I think that when you have a new staff like OU does right now, you know, and I wrote about the transfer portal, I think it was one of my first stories back, is that's what they want to build it on is, is not through the transfer portal. Yes, you know, it, you can go out and you can get some nice players there, but at the end of the day, they want to build it through guys that want to stay at Oklahoma for four years or five years or however long uh, they're here to contribute. And I think that that's what they appreciate about that is he wasn't a kid that wanted to jump in there. And, and that's why you know, a lot of these guys from that team last year are, are sticking around, and there was quite a few that left because, you know, that they, they had to process some of that. So it's interesting to see what, what Brent and them are doing with the roster, you know, not only obviously with D.J. Graham, but I think you could make that case for a lot of guys that are sticking. I mean, think about Marcus Major. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a guy that he's going into his fifth year. He could have easily jumped into the portal 
uh, but he's an Oklahoma kid. He wants to stick around. And now you look at that running back room, uh, it's kind of his room as the oldest guy in there. So I think that that's what they're trying to build this program on is, is yes, every once in a while you can go out and get some nice players in the transfer portal, especially when you have the roster turnover that Oklahoma's had. But it's nice to keep guys that like a DJ Graham, a Marcus Major, um, that want to stick around and be in the program long term to, to help it turn it around. Well, you talk about that running back room. You wrote about it, but that room is young, and they've got a lot of uh... – different types of young guys that are back there as well. It's a nice problem to have for DeMarco Murray. Yeah, you know, well, we'll see what happens with Barnes. I I think that was kind of my leading candidate to be the starter there. Obviously, he played quite a bit last year, so we're supposed to talk with Brent Venables later today, so maybe we'll get an injury update there. But as for the rest of the room, I think that he's kind of rebuilt it in the sense that obviously he brings in Barnes and Sawchuck last year, two of the top prospects in the country at that position. This year he brings in Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers, uh, two guys that you watch them in practice. They don't look like true freshmen, especially Caleb Hicks. I mean, that kid uh, is built like a rock. So, and DeMarco, DeMarco's been known not to, not to be afraid to throw, throw you know, true freshmen out there. So I wouldn't count those guys out in, in, in terms of guys being contributors. And then you look at a, at a guy like Gavin Sawchuk, who DeMarco is really high on, uh, obviously coming off a, a, an awesome bowl performance. I think he's a guy that you're going to see a lot of next season. Uh, gives them a, some some really good speed. Uh, I mean, he was a big track guy in high school. He's known for his speed. So I think that he's a guy that could, could step in and be a contributor. And then, you know, Marcus Major, you know, if he can stay healthy, we've seen what he can be, and, and that's a pretty solid running back. So uh, he looks great out there. But like I've always said, everybody looks good in the spring. It's what can you do on Saturday in the fall. So we'll have to see with that room, but I think they really like their talent there. George Story is with us from Sooner Scoop. Is there a storyline that's not getting an, enough attention, in your opinion? Uh, you know, we, we've heard a lot about the different different types of what they're trying to do from uh, at the cheetah spot and the different names that are there, but is there a position, George, or, or is just a storyline that's not getting highlighted enough right now? You know, I think it would have to say a, little, a couple places on defense. I think one, safety. I think safety is a position that they got a lot better this offseason. Um, and I don't mean that any knock on Justin Broyles, who has seemed to be a scapegoat here for a while in Norman, but they got better there. Um, I think Billy Bowman's a guy that we've seen, um, you know, be a good player when he's healthy. He looks incredible uh, out here in spring practice. Uh, you know, I think Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech is really going to be able to help him. Obviously, you bring in a, a true freshman like Peyton Bowen. Um, you know, he looks really good out there. Robert Spears Jennings is a guy that looks like he's really put on some muscle. I think that they're pretty deep at that safety spot, which in this defense and what they run, you've got to be really good at that, that spot and filling run gaps and coming up and making plays. Uh, and I think they feel really good about that spot. And I, I just feel like we're not talking about it enough because you go back and you watch the film last year, that was one spot that they really struggled at times. And so, I think that's one spot. And then I think the other one is the edge. And I actually think that that has been talked about quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I, I do think they're going to be pretty, pretty good there. Uh, I think that or let, they're going to be better than they were a year ago. I think when you talk about uh, bringing in a Trace Ford or Rondell Bothroy, two guys that are veterans, they've played, uh, you know, power five football and, and they've played it to a high level when healthy. Um, I think they can really help there. And then you've got some young guys that I think can be real, real playmakers when you talk about, R. Mason Thomas, who showed flashes last year. He puts on 17 pounds of, of muscle this offseason, and he looks really good out there. And then they haven't had a guy like P.J. Adebarre, uh in a long time, and I think he's someone that can be a big-time contributor. I, you know, We'll see how much they play him early in the season, but 
I think by season's end, he's going to be a star and, and a guy that they're going to really count on these next few years because he's just – you watch him, and again, like I said, everybody looks good in the spring, but, you know, I, when I cover the team, they've, they've never had anybody uh, that looks quite like that, and he's only 18 years old. So I can only imagine what he's going to look like, you know, three years from now when he's probably getting ready to go to the NFL. So I, I think that's the other spot that um, – they really made an improvement. I want to jump back to the safety spot for just one moment because you've you've read a few things about Key Lawrence, uh, and everyone talks about how he just has he looks different. Like he's got a better attitude, or at least better body language. Uh, have you seen that? And what have been some of the comments from the staff about Key Hall, or excuse me, Key Lawrence, especially coming from Coach Hall? Yeah, no, I think he's a guy that it, it's. He's always, I think, been physically a really gifted player, and that's why he's been on the field a lot is because you'll see him make plays in games that, that can be difference makers. But I think it's always been sort of the mental part of it, being focused on what he wants to accomplish and what he wants to be as a player. And I think that you see that this spring is he's a guy that, that's kind of taken a leadership role in that room. It's the same with some of these other guys that have been around a while. You know, he, he's a guy that probably could have entered, entered the transfer portal he decided to stick it out. Uh, and now he's kind of become that, that voice in that room. And, and it's really become him and Billy. I think, you know, Billy Bowman, it feels like just the other day he was a true freshman out there, and now he's, you know, going into his third season, and he's kind of taken on that same role. So I think he's a guy that, that's battling for a starting spot. And that, again, speaks to that, that depth out there. I mean, you're talking about some veterans that, that have really been around now uh, for a while, and, and I think that they feel good about it. You've got some young guys, I think, pushing them for those starting spots. So, yeah, I think he, he could be somebody that, that could come in, and it really depends on what they want to do back there. Do they want to play with two safeties? Last year they played with three safeties sometimes. You know, is Key a guy that can come in and be an extra defensive back at certain times? And We've seen him play some corner when they were desperate a couple years ago. So um, I think he's a, a guy that's really versatile, and, and they can use him in some different spots. All right, here's the most important question of the entire afternoon. Are you going to find a way into the hot dog eating contest during the spring game? Because as you, you listed, know, I, as former I, champ, how many did you put down <laughs> yeah, so at, the, at your the highest? Story goes, yeah, the story goes is my senior year of college, and uh, rest in peace, Diamond Dogs over here on Campus <laughs> Corner. They had, a, uh, they had a hot dog eating contest each year, and I entered – my senior year and I went in and uh, I think it was 10 minutes to eat as many as you could. Uh, and I ate 10 in 10 minutes, okay. uh, which I believe I, I want to say it was tied for first. Uh, you know, I'm claiming championship. I don't know if anybody else remembers, but um, I also remember too, after eating the 10 hot dogs, I had an intramural basketball game, ran over there after literally 15 minutes after eating that dropped 20 points. Uh, in my intramural basketball game with 10 hot dogs in my system. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see Joey Chestnut try that, dropping 20 on fools after cramming that many hot yeah. dogs down. Exactly. So I, I am a champion. Um, you know, I've reached out to a few people in the athletic department to see if we can set me up down there. I know, um, you know, my colleague Bob Prisbillo is also a big hot dog guy. So I've been talking <laughs> to him. Maybe he'll get in on it. Maybe we'll do something in the press box if they, won't, if they don't let us in the official one. But uh, we'll see what we can do. That is awesome. Uh, best of luck in that. I don't know if you can quite hit the 76 level that uh, old Joey did, <laughs> but uh, but still, anyone that can go and uh, perform to that level in a basketball game afterwards, you got my vote indeed. George, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much, man. Always appreciate your time here in Tulsa, and we'll do it again. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That is uh, George Stoya joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from Sooner Scoop. 20 points after 10 hot dogs. Matt, could you do 10 in 10 minutes? 
I could do 10 in 10 minutes, but I could not go play a basketball game afterwards. That guy is a, uh, that's what peak performance looks like, Pop. So Chestnut won the 2021 hot dog eating contest when he crammed 76 in 10 minutes. So George has only got 66 more to go before he can get to that level. I can't even tell you when the last time, like in, in length combined, over the years, the last time I had 10 hot dogs. I mean, it's got to be at least five years. Do we count like a foot-long hot dog as like two? No, I don't think so. What are you going to, we're going to have a measuring contest over certain inches, right? Then it counts for two. Is that what you're talking about? All I'm saying is if it's a foot-long hot dog, how long is the average hot dog? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I don't know what the average size is. Average wiener size. Yeah, that's going to look real good on the search history. Hot dog. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, at, in general, um, they say... Six inches is the average length of a hot dog. So yeah, if you're if you're trying to chow down that big boomstick that they're serving at Rangers games, that might be a different story. But That's an impressive week. Average six six inches of hot dog. Could you eat ten in ten minutes? Yeah, I think I could. I think in the last year I've had two hot dogs. In I've the had- in the last calendar year. The, I can tell you the last time that I had a hot dog. I usually eat like a foot-long hot dog, maybe once a month. It was at the Rangers game for Big 12 Media Day. Oh, yeah. When so, I went with Colby. That's the last time that I've had a hot dog. Like nine months ago? Yeah, that was July. So we're coming up on a year since I've had a hot dog. Are you going to go again to have... So should that be the punishment that we're talking about for... Yeah, try and eat 10 hot dogs. 10 hot 10 dogs in 10, 10, minutes. 10 minutes. Can you do it? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, all right. Yeah, that'll be my punishment. You guys can have your own punishment, and I'll see if I can do it. Oh, God, I'm going to regret this. Ten hot dogs in ten minutes. You got to give, like, your full-on effort to see if you can do it. Oh, I will. I'll I'll give everything I got. (laughs) Alternatively, I could eat... We could do five Ike's Chili's Coney dogs in in ten minutes as well. Dude, that would kill me. That's a lot. Because <laughs> those are those bad boys are. Like, hefty. what is your typical Coney order, though? Yeah, four. You go with four. Yeah, four. Man, you youngins. It's all right. Give it like twenty years, and I'm gonna be like, yeah. Can I get two Coney's and a bag of chips? <laughs> I don't think I've had a Coney since 2020. Really? Yeah, we walked. Over here with a former boss that no longer works here. Who's no longer with us. Yeah, who's no no longer employed here. After they had just opened back up, after they had closed down from the pandemic, we walked over there. There was no one in the building. But that was 2020. That's the last time I've had a Coney. Okay. Just probably keep it simple at Hot Dogs. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll see if Colby's down for this or not. Okay. All right, it's 2.36. Take a time out. We'll come back with more next here on the Blitz 1170. The Braves are killing the Cardinals right now, 5-1. to one. It's in the bottom of the ninth. They do have a man on second. 
the old rally caps are on in Bush. Doesn't look like it's going to happen today, though. Good. Come back with more next. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.